Welcome back to the Chuck and Shoop Show. It is September 26th. Yes. We are back and lots of crazy NFL action once again. You know, we're getting to that time of the year where the, we got some other sports creeping up on the horizon. You know, hockey preseason has started. NBA preseason coming around the corner. Some trades still not done in the NBA, but we're still it's still September. So leaders are coming down. Football season's happening. Chuck, are you feeling the madness of football season yet? Uh, I'm I'm feeling the madness and I am feeling it about every weekend right now. Um, I mean, I can't wait for the next weekend, but honestly, we, we need to dial it down with the craziness here. We need a little dial it's, it down a little. It's, it's only absurd. week three. It's absurd. It's absurd. Storyline after storyline, records being broken, drama like we've never seen before. We got a lot to talk about, and we're going to do that in this episode. We're going to play a little bit of cap or no cap with some important NFL topics. We'll go over some college football picks, some NFL picks, but what are our two favorite letters in the alphabet, Chuck? You know it. D and L, baby. Little dubs and L's. Yes, D and L, Jim Tan Laundry. Well, that's that's G and L, but you know what? We're from Jersey, so so it's all good. Chuck, hit us for your W. Let's start this thing off. So huge dub is um, actually going to go out to not only uh, Travis Kelsey, um, you know, just picking up uh, Taylor Swift. Um, They look like they're together. She was at the game this weekend against the Bears at Kansas City. She was sitting with Donna Kelsey, uh, Travis Kelsey's mom, in the booth, going crazy, throwing out F-bombs. People, Swifty is going nuts. Um, uh, best stat of the day for you, uh, Travis Kelsey's jersey sale has gone up 400%. So I don't, I don't know how much, like, how many that is, but that's absolutely ridiculous. Um, this is a dub because this is huge for the NFL. Now – Across the globe, Taylor Swift is known, has so many fans. The Their fan base is called the Swifties. They're buying NFL jerseys now. They're watching Travis Kelsey, one of the most elite players in the NFL. This can only be good publicity from here on out for the NFL. We're going to see ticket sales go through the roof for when the Kansas City Chiefs come to town. They're playing this weekend at MetLife. Best believe you'll see a lot of Taylor Swift jerseys being worn. And I absolutely love it. This is great for football. This could be like the best power couple ever. Um, am I excited just because I'm a Chiefs fan? Yes. But is this really good for the NFL? Yes. If you don't agree, I don't know what you're looking at. Chuck, I want to take you back to one of the first episodes that we ever did. And that was last year when you had given out a W to Travis Kelsey for uh, being single and as a result, going to have an epic year. Well, for one, he did have an epic year. But now, now he's got maybe the most popular girl on the planet. Like, the most admired woman, like, right now in American music. You know, yeah. maybe overall, I don't know. There's no real statistic to back that up. But you would say that it, it all worked out for Travis, didn't it? Oh, it, it 100% did. And they were seen after the game, not holding hands, but like just walking, bat, uh, 
back by the locker room together and shit. Mad cute. Um, she has uh, two hundred over two hundred million followers on Instagram. The NFL has twenty four million. So I I don't think people understand how big this is for the NFL's brand and what's going to happen from here on out. So I love it. I absolutely love it. Well, don't worry, Chuck. Our channel will be there one day. Yeah, hopefully. And then Taylor Swift will watch, yeah. Yes, yes. She will watch one day. And what I was watching was that Ohio State-Notre Dame game, which was an absolutely epic game that literally came down to the very last second. I was watching at Ohio State Bar with a bunch of my friends, a bunch of Ohio State fans. We had we were on our edge of our seats till the very end of the game, and couldn't have gone better for us, you know, getting that last second win. My yeah. W is going to go to Ryan Day for his speech at the end of the game, where no f's given, just calls out a hundred fifty year old Lou Holtz for comments that he had made earlier in the year, saying basically that Ohio State was too soft to hang with the big boys, like. Uh, he mentioned like the Oklahomas and the Alabamas and the Georgias, which, you know, we hung with all those teams. It's not like we got blown out by any of these teams, maybe Clemson at one time, but he's saying that that was the reason that Notre Dame was going to win. Now, obviously Lou Holtz is biased, but, and we could just let this one slide, but Ryan Day was like, no, I'm making this personal. Lou Holtz, you better not question my team anymore. You know, and I admire that after what was a lot of, questionable decision making throughout that game by Ryan Day but he clearly is past it and it was just like listen we got the W and screw you you old man W Ryan Day yeah um I am absolutely distraught still about that game I don't know how the Irish uh let that game go um me and my dad watch it uh absolutely distraught after um I think Ryan Day's uh, full of shit for going after Lou Holtz. Um, hopefully he saves his season by beating Michigan this year. But if he doesn't win that game, he's fired. So that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, I mean, like, it definitely wouldn't help his case for sure. But what about the coach on the other side of the coin, Chuck? Well, I'm fucking I I've had nightmares about this for the past like 3 days. Fucking 10 guys on the field when they get Well, first of all, it's fucking 3rd and 19. The play before that, dropped interception, then flag, 3rd and 19. Uh Notre Dame lets the guy get right up the seam. Nobody runs with him. Safety takes a fucking shitty ass angle to go for the fucking tackle. They t- stop him at the one. Ohio State gets down there. This is my fucking L. Why the hell are there 10 guys on the field? And not only why the hell are there 10 guys on the field, why is it that there are three down linemen aligned to the – I guess it's the strong side, but why are there only three down linemen on the field, and why are they aligned perpendicular to the fucking back? If the back is offset, the handoff is going to the opposite side. Why didn't they shift the line? Why didn't they take a – why didn't they do – I don't know. Why didn't they go off sides, maybe take a penalty? Now it's at the inch-yard line. You can get another guy on the field. I really am fucking pissed off the way that game ended. Um, I'm, I'm like – I fucking hate Ohio State right now. I don't, I don't know why. I used to love them, but I absolutely hate them so much. Um, and I can't believe that they only had 10 guys for the last two plays. 
So Freeman needs to get his shit together. Uh, if they fucking lose to Louisville or Duke, that guy is done. He's done. Um, so I'm putting him on the hot seat right now. That should have been a, a winnable. That should have been a win right there. Should be going on to defeated. But it is what it is. And then you have to point out his comments after the game, or his justification rather, of why he decided to leave ten players on the field. And basically, he was just like, "Well, we wanted to substitute, but we didn't want to like have a penalty." But you're on like last play of the game, the two yard line. You're on like with the difference between playing a man advantage versus you know going from a two to one yard line. Like the two is already close enough. And, you know, considering Ryan Day likes to call end arounds on uh, goal to go plays, like who, who knows yeah. what would have happened. But it's sweep on fourth and two. It's, yeah, it's in the history books now. Uh, both coaches got a lot to learn from this, but luckily for Ohio State, they came with the W, so not too bad for them. But we're going to continue on this path of questionable coaching decisions. We're going to go to the AFC West where we have a couple of coaches that I want to put under fire. And the most, the most obvious one is Sean Payton. Yeah. Sean Payton spent the off season criticizing Nathaniel Hackett for the job that he did while Payton wasn't there and saying, basically saying he was the reason why that team wasn't successful and that all he needed was him to turn things around. And yet somehow Payton has found a way to top Nathaniel Hackett in terms of how embarrassing a season can start off. And this is this is way, way more embarrassing. The the choke job in week two, uh the you know the bad loss in week one, but this loss, losing by 50, giving up, almost having the record set on you for most points given up. Yeah. Like this this defense didn't lose that many pieces. They they weren't that bad last year. What could have possibly happened for them to regress this much? But what I really hate is the way that he kind of answered questions after the game. Like, I get it. You're frustrated. It's really hard to lose a game like that on a national stage. Everyone's looking at you bad. You got to answer questions like, how does this make you feel? Of course, it makes him feel like shit. But there's like, it's almost like, Payton isn't taking this on the chin or being humble about it. He's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, whatever. We like we suck this game. It's 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 whatever. Why do you keep asking? Like, of course they're gonna ask. You lost by fifty. You yeah. give us points. So be a man and answer the questions, and then, and then yell at your team if you need to. But don't don't be like that in public. But like, I mean, that wasn't one decision that he made. It was just a whole his whole coaching philosophy right now is messed up but honestly josh mcdaniel's decision might be worse especially with what he said after the game so for context the raiders are down eight they are driving with about four minutes to go they have like two timeouts left so the raiders decide to go for a 49 yard field goal to try to tie the game up they make it but there's a penalty on on pittsburgh so now they get closer and then they get all the way down to about like the 10 yard line and it's another fourth down, maybe like fourth and four something. It wasn't like super close, but it was close enough that they probably should have gone for it. But yeah. they opted to kick the field goal again, putting their defense, their uh, 
They're terrible defense. Abysmal. The game on the line. And, of course, because McDaniels also doesn't know how to call defense, they give up the first down. The game's over. Yep. And he says his justification after the game is, well, we had to get two scores anyway. That's literally not true. <laughs> that's not yeah. – that's you, you could have – I mean – Sure, if they missed the two-pointer, yeah, you'd have to go for it again. But what if you made it and you put it to overtime? It just it just sounds like he was trying to not lose, I, even, though, even though he did lose. Like He's just trying to come up with an excuse like, oh, we just never had the ball. Like He's the easiest candidate for first coach out in the NFL, uh, I think. Yeah, I, I definitely agree because – you don't have faith in your own players to fucking get, I think it was fourth and five. And Devontae Adams was tearing it up. He had two touchdowns, 159 yards. Why aren't you going to give your guys a chance in a close situation? And if you don't get it, they get you get the, the chance to call two timeouts again, and then you get one possession to go down the field. So I totally agree. He's a fucking idiot. I don't know what he's doing out there. I bet on the Raiders because they're at home. Everybody put money on the Steelers. But I'm a jackass, so I'm also pissed about that. Rightfully so. I would be. Uh, you should never put your hard-earned money on a guy like Daniels ever again. Lesson learned. And they need uh, Chandler Jones back really bad because Max Crosby is just getting double teamed, and that defense has no other playmaker on the team. Very true, but he's also got to get back to men to – Better mental health. That's nice. never that's never topic. Um, we're gonna go segment into our next segment, rather. And we're gonna go to a famous segment that we made famous last year. And it's a little tip of the old lid right there. Cap or no cap. Where we debate NFL topics and we decide is it a lie or is it not a lie? Or as the kids like to say, cap or no cap. So cap. Let's kick things off, and I want to kick things off with the game from last night, Monday night game. The Cincinnati Bengals quarterback, Joe Burrow, was questionable leading all the way up to the final hour of the game, and he comes in, and he, like, got off to a sluggish start, but Zach Taylor was like, yeah, I don't care if you're injured. You're throwing a ball 40 times, and it got them the win. Uh, most of the credit goes to defense, of course, for that ferocious performance they had on the defensive line, putting Stafford under all kinds of pressure. But with with that performance last night, from what you saw, cap or no cap, the Bengals are still one of the seven best teams in the AFC, a.k.a. a playoff team. Um, uh, Yeah, no, I mean, no cap, I still think they are. Like, no, there's no cap, so... Last year, they were in the same situation. I think they started off like, I'm pretty sure it was like three and five. And then they turned it around, made it to the AFC Championship. It's basically the same team, right? Defense is switched up. They've lost a lot of key players, but they still have the same uh, defensive line. Um, I They still have like one of the best potential offenses too. New O-line. Um, so, yeah, no cap. I still think they're the best seven best teams in the I'm going to say the AFC Chuck the Bengals were my Super Bowl pick in the preseason so it would be almost foolish of me to 
to go cap on this, but I will. Because I'm extremely yeah. worried that Joe Burrow isn't healthy, and now he's not giving himself any time to rest, and he's just going to not be himself the entire season, and that's going to shorthand the offense. And I don't necessarily know if the D-line will have a better game than they did yesterday, you know, or if they'll – like the – whatever the Rams were like. It's a shitty O-line. It was yeah. atrocious. It was atrocious. Stafford like was panicking the entire time. Nothing did. Nothing really benefited him. But true. Um, the way I look at it right now, I think all three other AFC North teams are better than them right now. And it's extremely hard to make the playoffs when you're the fourth team in your division, and then you got the Bills and the Dolphins in your in in your conference as well, who are definitely playoff teams. So I'm going cap on that. Now, I'm just going to add their next three games. So they play the Titans. I'm expecting them to win. Then they play the Cardinals. Obviously expecting them to win. Seahawks at home, maybe a dicey game. And then it really gets tough. They go 49ers, Bills. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, must-win games coming up for them. That ass. Now, I've got one for you. So talking about the AFC, let's keep it in the AFC. We're looking at the AFC West right now. Two teams have not gotten a win. One team is one and two. Another team is one and two. Is the AFC West the worst division in football, cap or no cap, shoot? The Chiefs truly hold up that division, like, big time. Yeah. Uh, so just having the Chiefs in there, I think, makes them um, – I'm going to say cap that they're the worst division in football. Uh it's it's a tough call because there's a lot of like mediocre divisions and a couple extremely good divisions. Yeah. Um, if I had to choose a worst right now, I would probably go with the AFC South because I thought yeah. they were in the first place, and now the Jaguars don't look too great. Uh, but I think some of those young teams are looking better, so. The AFC West isn't far off, though, but I do think the Chargers have un- underperformed and that they will bounce back and they'll make a playoff push. So the Chargers and Chiefs are doing some heavy lifting in that division. Okay, I see. We'll see what happens with the Broncos and Raiders. Hopefully they don't go yeah. 0-4. Yeah, they, um, I believe the, the Raiders actually beat the Broncos in week one. Oh, like, that's oh, right. Hopefully, all right. Hopefully, yeah, they don't win 1-3 and then the Broncos win 0-4. It's the only reason the Raiders have a win. Yeah, funny enough. Um, I want to talk about the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, through three games, they have positive point differential in the first half. They've had a lead in every game. They've every game has been within single digits. Um, in fact, within three points every game. This is a team that we thought was the. Um, tanking and was going to go 0-17 possibly. Now I want to ask you, cap or no cap, the Cardinals can compete with any team in the NFC. Compete. Uh, I'm going to say that's cap. I'm going to say that's cap. I Like, right now, I'm going to say it's cap because they're still missing – their quarterback that they signed for fucking uh, how much dollar millions of dollars, Kyler Murray. Their, Joshua Dobbs is showing out. 
I don't think the Cardinals have played besides the Cowboys. Um, I don't think the Cardinals have played anybody who's that dominant yet. So once we see the schedule come along, maybe they can compete, but I th- still think they're on the same plan as to let's lose some games, but make it look like we're winning. I example the Giants game because how do, I don't know how you get go from going up three scores and then losing that game, and then the next week you're like, oh, fuck, we got to play the Cowboys. How are we going to do that? And then they just dominate the entire game defensively, don't let up really – like two touch – one touchdown on defense. So, yeah, I mean, I still think it's capped, though. I think the Cowboys just had a shit game. And they're, they're not coached that well. I don't think Cowboys are not coached that well. Yeah, uh and I think the Cardinals just something about playing the Cowboys. I think gets gets teams off their ass and make, makes them play their best game. Yeah, uh, yeah. The the Cardinals personally, I I feel like they are they just lack a lot of talent. But Jonathan Gannon is doing an incredible job. He's and a really good coach. He's a really good coach, and that pass rush is explosion. A very good unit. So we'll have to watch out for that going throughout the season. Do you remember that video of Gannon? Uh, which which one? He's like shots. This is why we got you shots. Pew 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 pew. Explosions. I'm gonna have to. Guys <laughs> and bees. I'm, I'm gonna have to look that up. But like, he seems like a I'll, I'll send it to you. <laughs> now, we'll keep it in the NFC. So actually, no. It's a, I, I like the AFC right now. The AFC is hot. NFC is kind of boring. So my question for you: Dolphins just put up seventy against a Broncos team that was uh, losing, had lost some guys on defense before that game. Um, and then I think lost a guy in the middle of the game, uh, just uh, Justin Simmons. Um, but they hung up 70. They look really good. Um, I don't, and they put up 70 without Waddle. That guy, A-Chan, it's not A-Chain. He said on Twitter to pronounce his name, A-Chan. Put so, some respect on his name. Yeah, exactly. So, Achan is Achan and Mostert. Like, who would have thought these two guys are just running over the NFL right now in the first three weeks? Tua, though, I think is the MVP of that offense, and he's running it so well with Mike McDaniel's. Now, my question to you, Tua. Now, should Tua sign an extension deal ASAP, cap or no cap? For Tua's sake, no cap. For Dolphins' sake, cap. Because I agree. Well. Right now, Tua is playing like the league MVP, not just the MVP of the offense. He's the league MVP. Yeah. His knock, I mean, before the season, I had I didn't really have a lot of doubt that the Dolphins could be great this year. The question became, can Tua stay healthy? He had that hip injury in college, and now he's had a concussion problem. He's held up very nicely so far, but we're still three games in the season. So that's why, for the Dolphins' sake, it's Still best that they wait to see what happens. Can he last the whole season? He hasn't proved it yet. But, of course, Tua should get, go get his bag, just like any other player should go get their bag. But he fully deserves it. Uh, you know, with the speed on this offense, he makes all the right all the right throws. He, he puts his players in position to win the game. What more can you ask for? Truth. And Tyreek looks like an animal. He, he is. He's an absolute animal. It's... They're going to be so much fun to watch. I hope Kevin Harlan calls all their games because oh, he's me too, yeah. fun to listen to. 
he's awesome. Yeah. All right. So for for my last one, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the disaster that is the New York Jets right now, who for some reason they're hanging on to Zach Wilson. They, you know, they're they're basically saying, well, we'd rather let the season die than put someone else in at quarterback. So my question to you is cap or no cap? Robert Sala is being forced to start with Zach Wilson by ownership. I like this question. I'm gonna go with no cap. I think no cap, that's that's truer than truer than truth. There's no way as a head coach that you put a guy out there who's not even like making like trying to make plays. It's just like, oh, nothing's there, throw it away. Like not even using his feet to maybe like get in a couple extra yards. Um, I mean, and I know he played against the Cowboys. And, and I mean, the Patriots, like Bill Belichick is a defensive mastermind. Maybe I give him like a couple excuses there. But watching that game last, uh, this past Sunday, it's like he didn't even like make um, plays or like try to even throw it downfield. Or like at that point, you tell him, why don't you just try and like throw a pick? Maybe we can get something going. Like maybe throw it downfield to Wilson or just some type of play. So. They're definitely just trying to – I think they're trying to, like, see how really bad Wilson is. And they're just trying to – I think they give him, like, three more games. I don't think they – if it's, like, Chiefs are up 20-0 in the Jet game, I don't think he gets pulled. And I don't think he gets pulled next week either. But three weeks from now, I don't think he starts. Because there's definitely – I like that. There's definitely something going on in the organization – you don't keep a guy out there for this long and he's not making any plays whatsoever. Like not even like a, a, a 20 yard scramble or anything. Like, I don't know. He looks like he's seeing ghosts out there. It sucks. And he's a talented player, but he's not an NFL quarterback. Chuck, think of the difference between two different organizations. So in the same exact draft, Zach Wilson went number two, Trey Lance went number three. Uh, Wilson has shown absolutely no reason why he should be a starting quarterback in the NFL so far in his career. But the Jets continue to hang on to him because of the heavy investment that they made. And, you know, they had some sort of long-term plan for him to be a quarterback after Rodgers. But it's the kid has confidence issues. And, you know, of course, his offensive line is bad. But according to this statistic that I found, which I don't know where where they get these statistics from, but – yeah, He's apparently hear. also the worst quarterback in the NFL when having a clean pocket. Yeah. So it, that I, is I don't get it. absurd. But I bring up the 49ers with Trey Lance because they knew – obviously they had a Brock Purdy to go with, but instead of keeping Trey Lance as the backup, they straight up just traded him and got value for him and just said sunk cost. And, they, and the Jets didn't even have to move up. The 49ers gave up all that draft capital to move up to get Lance. So they obviously they honestly put more investment into that quarterback. Yeah. But they identified when he just wasn't it, and they moved on. Why can't the Jets do that? Why can't they bring in anybody else? Anybody else. Not Trevor Simeon. Somebody who can challenge Wilson. Like, literally, like, I know Carson Wentz. He's a meme at this point. But... The guy is an overconfident bastard, and Zach Wilson is an underconfident bastard. 
Like, like how would that not be a great fit? You know, contrast the two. They could form their own little competition, see who rises up the top as an alpha. But I don't, I don't understand. I bring it back to honestly Sam Darnold and what they the Jets did to him. I think they're holding on to Zach Moore because they don't want to make the same mistake they did with Sam Darnold. But uh, like the as fans and as I'm not even a Jet fan, but if I was a Jet fan, I'd be like, just go with a different guy, somebody else. Like you could have picked up uh, Gardner Mitchell. You you could have got Joshua Dobbs. The fucking Cardinals got him for a sack of fucking potatoes. So if I was Jet, if I'm a Jet fan, I'm pissed right now. And you can't even run the they can't even run the ball. So how are you gonna throw it? If you got a guy who can't, who doesn't want to throw it, who's scared to make a mistake. Yeah, how are they going to run the ball when the defense, that's all they're scared of? So that's its that's a mess right now. Messy situation. All right, Chuck, you hit me with one more cap or no cap. Okay, last one. Um, we just saw a fucking beatdown by the Texans um, against the Jaguars. Um, and I know that, like, the Texans always beat the Jags uh, at, like, their place historically. But – we just saw the Colts beat the Ravens, and I know the Ravens had a bunch of history. I mean, uh, injury history, injuries. But Lamar Jackson is still starting at quarterback, and on the Jags team, Trevor Lawrence is still starting at quarterback. C.J. Stroud went off and absolutely kicked their ass. And with these teams that we expect to be shitty in that in that division, could we see a a shift in? Um, AFC South uh, champion. So, my question is: cap or no cap? The AFC South is up for grabs. Oh, absolutely, no cap on that. The Colts have looked very impressive so far. It's, right? Not not fluky win. I mean, their defense, their defensive line is really good. Uh, linebackers are solid. Uh, when Anthony Richardson comes back, I mean, he was he's such a good athlete. He just needs Beast. to you know, stop getting hurt. Which I don't know if that is even possible, honestly, but. He's been incredible when he's played. And then looking at the other teams, well, the Titans, the offensive line looks awful, but the coaching is still there. The Titans, I describe them as a well-coached team with personnel issues. So they'll still win some games. And the Houston Texans, you know, I, I didn't think they are all that bad this year. You know, I, I didn't think that they would be bad as previous years, but – I thought it was because their defense would step up. It's been the offense. C.J. Stroud has looked like the best quarterback in the class so far. He's, He's making balling. all the right plays. Tank Dell looks like a really good receiver. Yes. Uh, and Will Anderson has played really well. He's he's uh, stepping through the quite, quite nicely. And not to mention, the Texans have no incentive to tank. They have no first-round pick. So um, I expect this to be an interesting competition. But uh, I still think the Jaguars – should be the favorite, though. Truth. We'll see how it goes in London. Yes, sir. And we will get to that London game as well as some other games. But, Chuck, you are the college football mastermind. So, let's see what you got for this week with your college football picks. So, this weekend, I'm, I went uh, I went 4-1, and one, I'm pretty sure. So, we're hot right now. Um, two. I'm going to give out two picks right now. It's going to be the first one's going to be I think it's uh, LSU plays Old Miss, and I got LSU minus three. And then the next pick, 
We're just going to do two this weekend because I really don't like this slate. So actually, LSU minus two and a half. And then I want Nebraska at home um, against Michigan plus 17 and a half. I think they play a close game against Michigan. At least they only lose by 10 if it gets dicey. But I'm, I'm looking for Nebraska to bounce back after a couple of weeks of getting shit on. Dude, it's Nebraska. I don't know. Nebraska has just been they, – they haven't had any success as a football program in so long. So I, I just don't – I just don't know about that. But, I, I mean, I'm not going to root for Michigan, so. No, definitely not. I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, yeah, I have no college football picks, so we will get right into the NFL where we'll break down three premier games, and we'll start with the London game. We have two teams coming off some very disappointing losses. The Falcons put up only six points on the road versus the Lions and for some reason abandoned their run game, which you have to think they'll go back to it this week. And then they play the Jags, who looked very disappointing in their loss to the Texans. But like you said, yeah. Texans have owned them as of recent, but they, they're going to need to bounce back in a big way so they don't fall behind that division. Who you got in that game? So I'm going to go with the Jags. The Jags need to win this game, I think. I think it's a statement game. Yes, um, I think both teams are traveling the same distance. I think the Jaguars may have been an hour uh, an hour later flight. But um, Jags played there last year. Uh, it was like October 22nd. I think it was uh, week 10. Oh, no, not week 10. It was like week eight. They lost to the Broncos, um, and the game went to the end. I, they lost by four uh, on, like a, I think, a last-second drive by the Broncos. So I think that's definitely in, coming to their minds. Like, they want to go back there and win overseas. Um, and the Falcons really haven't played a lot of games overseas, and I'm not saying this is a factor, but it, there's a lot that goes into preparation of these games. And I think the Jaguars have the upper hand. So I'm going to go with the Jags. I'm going to go with the Jags as well. Uh, the Falcons' biggest strength is their run game, as we all know. Jaguars are pretty decent against a run. And uh, you have to think that Arthur Blank, not Arthur Blank, uh, Arthur Smith, yeah. is going to go back to his pedigree running the ball. Has to. Uh, but the, it's, the Jaguars have to win this game. Because the, things could slip for them pretty quick in the in the division, you know, and I just think that the coaching mismatch here. I, I think Doug Peterson has, first of all, he's coached in London before last year, and I think he's got more experience to turn guys around after a disappointing disappointing game. Um, I do I do worry about the defense, but I just don't think the the Falcons have the right kind of offense to exploit that. That defense. So I'm gonna go Jaguars, but I think it'll be a low scoring game. I take the under. Yes, under would be a good pick. Um, the under would be a good pick in this game, too, which is to me the premier matchup of the weekend. The bona fide worst team in the NFL versus the other bona fide worst team in the NFL. That's right, the Denver Broncos and the Chicago Bears, both 0-3, both could not have gone off the worst starts this season. It is a marvel by the NFL schedulers to have this lineup at this exact moment. The stoppable force versus the movable object. I'm so curious about what's going to happen in this game. So 
let's let's hear from you. What do you think is going to happen this game of the week? I I actually I hope it's like high scoring. I hope to, I hope we see a lot of uh, explosive plays from each side of the offense. I hope we finally see Justin Fields use his athleticism. Um, I think the only advantage that the Bears have on offense is Justin Fields' athleticism. Um, as you said before, he's not making the right reads. We don't know what he's looking at. He holds onto the ball way too long, and he's you know blaming his offense. Just came off of a fucking thirty. They're both these teams coming off of thirty-one point plus loss. So I know that you're like you're probably thinking like, is he going to go with Justin Fields? Like the did the Bears get their first win? No, I'm going to go with fucking danger witch russell wilson mr unlimited he is gonna ball the fuck off on ball the, fuck, ball the fuck up on offense and i think he's gonna throw for like 300 yards against his defense because his defense is abysmal can't get to the quarterback doesn't has no um pat like good defenders besides eddie jackson so i think the broncos actually like roll over the bears and they win by like 10 i'm going with broncos as well and you kind of hit the nail on the head, but there's only one at least average unit on either side of the field for either of these teams. It's the Broncos offense, who Russell Wilson's looked better this season. He's he's airing it out more. He's He's got good connection with his, with his receivers. It hasn't been his fault whatsoever. They're, yeah. they're scoring above 16 points a game. They're, they're balling so, offense. You, you, can't, you can't blame them. But the Bears, the Bears have done nothing right. They can't uh, – Justin Fields can't see the field. They have no running game. Their, their receivers suck. The offensive line sucks. They can't get pressure. They can't cover anybody. The list goes on. Special teams sucks. The, yeah, like there is there is no redeeming quality about the Bears right now. And you can at least point to the angle of, well, the Bears have – I mean, the Broncos have some motivation after they got – um embarrass the way that they did like history why i'd embarrass yeah, Molly they, they, they're gonna want to rebound whereas the bears it just seems like justin fields is like he, he had some quote earlier this week where he was just like well sometimes you guys think like we're, we're blessed to play this game you know you gotta take the criticism on the cheek like this soft ass shit Malarkey. like he's he doesn't sound pissed at all he's He's losing. He almost sounds like it's just like, well, whatever. whatever. Our team sucks. I guess no, that's no. what it is. Yeah. The Bears are a disaster, train wreck. Lock it in. Broncos winning by double digits. Yeah, I want the minus three and a half, too. That's what the oh, that's a sexy pick. Sexiest game of the week, though, is the Bills and the Dolphins. The that's Dolphins sexiest. obviously could not be hotter right now, but the Bills have you know, that, that advantage over the Dolphins. They won that play. Uh, playoff game last year, albeit against Skylar Thompson. Uh, but uh, motivation is definitely a factor for the Dolphins for losing that game. But the Bills are probably motivated too because Dolphins are the king of the NFL right now and they want to dethrone them. But what is going to happen, Chuck? So, um, what I think is going to happen now, I was really torn about this. I was trying to look at the injury reports, see if like Waddle's Waddle probably play, right? I think it was a concussion. So I think Waddle will be back. Is age is uh, that guy is their edge rusher? Is Dolphins edge rusher Phillips going to be back? Um, but I looked up how Josh Allen has been against the Dolphins, 
And at home, he's undefeated. He's six and zero. So I think the Bills are going to shell out at home. They're going to show the entire NFL that Daddy's home and that uh, Mike McDaniel's is not the best. Uh, doesn't have the best squad, and that the Bills have the best squad. I think the Bills control the clock. They run all over the Dolphins, and I think. The Bills' defensive backs match up well against the um, Dolphins' wide receivers. It's a matter of getting to the quarterback. So if they can get to Tua early and get sacks and get them to punt early, then they won't be putting up 70 points, obviously. They won't be putting up 30 points. So I'm expecting like a 28-24 Bills win. Mm. Uh, It's a hard pick to make because you could really point to either angle. You got the Dolphins, who look like the most dominant team in the NFL, and they got revenge on their mind. Uh, But the Bills are eager to put away the best team in the NFL, and they've done it before. They're at home. Um, But I'm going to give that slight edge to the Dolphins because they just simply look unstoppable right now. Tua Tua is making all the right reads. And what it really comes down to for me is – Mike McDaniel, who I also think he's the coach of the year candidate right now. Um, he, I feel like he's had this game circle on his calendar. And he wants to dial up ways to carve up this Bills defense in ways they haven't seen before because, well, they, they just recently played Skylar Thompson. And um, they barely got to see a lot of Tua in the other game because he was concussed for that one. Um, I don't think this is a kind of game where – or a situation where the Dolphins look ahead because they already got a big win. I think they're well coached. They're hit. They're firing on all cylinders right now. And the bills might not be ready for what's about to hit them. I'm going to go Dolphins. Okay. I would, I would definitely go for the over in that game too. Yeah. It should, I don't think it's going to be that defensive. It, it should be a fun one. Now let's lock in some locks. Chuck, what are we cooking up for these locks this week? So locks, have, we're four and four. I'm four and four right now in locks. Um, I got three right now. I'm going heavy, heavy, um, heavy favorites here. So 49ers play the Cardinals at home. Give me the minus 13 and a half. Uh, Cardinals, I think, come back to earth. And the 49ers are such a dominant team that. Like if, if the Giants can hang with them and only let only lose by 18, I think the 49ers can beat the Cardinals by 20. Um, the Chiefs at Jets, the the Swift, I think it's going to be Taylor Swift fans all across the nation are coming to that game. So I got the Chiefs minus nine and a half. Zach Wilson still can't score fucking more than 15 points for his team. Um, I think Chiefs absolutely roll over them, even though Jets have a prolific defense. And then my last pick, I don't know why this is so low. Um, maybe because the Titans are at home. You always give uh, three points to the home team. But I feel like this is a lock. Bengals minus two and a half at the Titans. So, and give me the Bengals. And those are my three. All right. Um, for for my picks, um, for my lock of the week, I'm going to go not with a spread, but with an over-under. And I've got the Raiders and the Chargers. I've got over 47 and a half in this game uh these two defenses have not been good so far this season the the chargers are a surprising unit to not be good but their premier pass rushers boza and mac look like shells of their former selves 
and their secondary is a mess. J.C. Jackson was a healthy scratch last week, and they were, that was their prize acquisition. And then you got the Raiders on the other side who just haven't had a good defense in years and no. probably would have had a worse game if they weren't playing you know, Kenny Pickett. But they were when they played a good quarterback like Josh Allen, they got dominated. Um, and I think both both teams are just gonna air it out. Uh, even with the loss of Mike Williams for the Chargers, you know, uh, the offenses will still go off. Herbert's playing amazing so far this year. I like this to go over forty-seven and a half. I'm gonna tail. All right, and upsets. So after seeing last week. Um, and I'm, I'm big on McCarthy getting fired midway through the season. I think it was one of my bold predictions. Um, I'm taking Patriots money line over the Cowboys. So we'll see what happens. I think Bill, I think Bill comes to Dallas and I think he knows what he's doing. I, that's not, not a bad pick. Um, I mean, Dallas should be motivated to prove themselves after a loss, but, uh, Bill Belichick, he he knows that he's got to get a win. And Mac Jones has looked better this, this year. I mean, the Jets defense is nothing to, to laugh at. Uh, but uh, can can they stop that? Can that O-line, which has been decimated by injuries, stop that D-line? That'll be the key to that game. Also, uh, also I want to add, um, the Patriots got uh, – I'm pretty sure they got um, – Will Greer or something, they're interrogating him about the Cowboys offense. And there's another mm-hmm. player that's on the Patriots that was on the Cowboys. Oh, Zeke, Zeke Elliott. And apparently I was reading that both those players, Zeke and Will Greer, they know the Cowboys signs. So don't be surprised if this game ends in three points. I wonder if NFL teams have done that before. They probably have. Uh but I don't know how much uh, a fourth string quarterback can really teach, um, you know, if he couldn't do it himself. So we'll, we'll see about that, but it's not a bad pick. Um, I'm going to fade the Vikings again. Uh, they it's a pain. had all the luck go to way last year. And now all the luck is going the opposite way this year. And now they are three and a half point favorites on the road against Carolina. Now, it's this is kind of contingent on Carolina getting so much players back. They lost Frankie Louvu and Xavier Woods midway through that game. They didn't return. They're both questionable for this week. If they do play, which I think they will, then this Carolina defense is pretty underrated. And they were doing a good job against Geno Smith, holding them to just field goals before the injuries happened. The wheels came off. But the the Vikings are just kind of a train wreck right now. And I don't necessarily trust it that they're going to be able to uh, to put away a quote unquote inferior team. Not to mention Adam Thielen revenge game. I like it. I like it. Is uh, so, Dalton starting? I actually like the Panthers more if Dalton starts. Yeah, I, that's why. That's why I like that. I think I'm going to run that. Mm-hmm. Yes, it. It should be another good week of football. I'm pumped. Uh, yes. So thank you guys for tuning in once again. If you love the show, which you should, I don't know why you wouldn't, you guys subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit that like button, you know, follow us on Spotify if you want to listen to us in the car because yeah. you who wouldn't want to hear your, 
our voices everywhere that you go. But any departing words for us, Chuck? Um, let's let's have a fucking winning weekend. Let's get it. I'm let's ready. Win. Just like Al Davis said, just win, baby. Just win, baby. Hell yeah. All right. Shout All out, Raiders. All right, guys. I'm Shoop. I'm Chuck. And we're signing out. See you guys. See ya.